step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I think wrestling is for fucking retards. What's going on? Um, so, yeah. It's been a minute since I did this thing, and, and I got to be honest with you, it almost didn't fucking happen again tonight, because I got home, and my, I never use my computer anymore. I used to use it for fucking downloading fucking movies and whatever the fuck, and uh, I, I'd watch shit on there. Um, I used to download music and stuff, but since I got, like, Apple Music... Yeah, I don't download music anymore, and, you know, I used to do all of that type of stuff, but I, I really don't. I really only use it for the podcast, 
Um, even camera, you know, I used to take a lot of pictures and then I'd upload them to the computer and edit and this and that. Now I'm just fucking taking pictures with my phone. I, I rarely ever even take my camera out. It's been months. I tried to take it out the other day. All the batteries in my fucking camera bag were dead. I was going to just take pictures of birds in my backyard and shit. Cause, um, yeah, I was just sitting out by the bird feeder and watching the different things land and stuff. I'm like, dude, that, you know, I want to take pictures of these birds. And uh, it's been a while since I did that. And no dice, because all my batteries are dead. And most of them are not even, like, rechargeable. You know what I mean? Like, they are rechargeable, but, like, they no longer apply to that. Like, they, I guess they quit their fucking job or something. I, I, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I plugged them in. Fucking hours go by, and the fucking thing's still blinking like it's not, <laughs> like, like now you got a ways to go. And it's like, that's really not how long the batteries take to charge. Um, so there's that. Um, I got one to charge, so I think I could actually use my camera based on one battery, but I'm going to have to order a couple more or something. Because um, I used to have like six of them or something. They're all fucked for the most part. Um, so then the other thing where I was going with that is uh, my computer. I went to turn it on, and it's just fucking like, yeah, that's not happening. No noise, no sound, no lights, no nothing. Uh, so <laughs> I blow into the fucking, the little grates there and it's like a cloud of dust. Like you've ever seen someone discover like a book in a fucking movie in an attic and it turns into like a whole situation. That's the type of dust that came off of this fucking in the inside of this computer. So clearly like that was the issue. Um, I mean, this thing is on like it's fucking last leg and it's like, I'd like to say that I need a new computer, but I don't know that I need a new fucking computer because I, again, I don't fucking use it. I use it for this. I need it for this. Um, I would like to retain all the pictures that I have on this one and um, my archive podcast, because I've noticed, you know, every once in a while, like an episode will not be on blog talk. And if I can, you know, go to my archives and, and update it or, you know, re-upload that podcast and it's not lost. Otherwise it's fucking lost. Um, if anyone has extra fucking like hard drive space and you want to do me a fucking favor too, just like, subscribe to that shit on iTunes and then just like download them all. And, uh, it'll just like back up on a fucking file on your computer. So if anything happens, like, uh, someone out there, will have a, another copy of that file. You know, I have them right now, but again, like, uh, this computer barely decided to turn on today. So after I, I blew in it a bunch of times, like a fucking old Nintendo cartridge, uh, the thing decided to turn on. I had some of that canned area around here somewhere, but, I don't fucking know where it is. Can't seem to find it. So, um, yeah, it actually did turn on and here we are. But, um, yeah. Um, so I had a pigeon baby. Obviously not me personally, my pigeons. Um, I had gotten down to four, four pigeons. Um, I've had up to nine Tyson was my first pigeon I got. She was caught by a hawk. Um, and, you know, someone went out to their yard. This hawk had a, a white pigeon, and they yelled at the hawk, and it dropped the pigeon and flew away. And someone grabbed the pigeon and brought it into my job. And, you know, she didn't have any major damage. And it was like, all right, you know, does anyone, you know, want this or whatever? And I had, you know, um, I had my duck pen, and it had, you know, roofing on it, it not full on roofing but it had like a wire you know mesh fence on the top of it so nothing can get out or or in for that matter it was more or less to keep things from coming in 
And I thought like, hey, shit, I could actually, yeah, I, I could take the pigeon. So I took her, and um, from there, it just kind of fucking, you know, snowballed from there, and I wound up with nine pigeons at one point. Well, you know, you, you lose them here and there. Uh, they they kind of randomly die on you, um, but she's she's still going. And um, I have my two homing pigeons that are uh, Homer and Scuttle, big, giant fucking pigeons. Uh, they look like seagulls. That's why I named the one Scuttle. Um, and then... Uh, I have Jackson. Jackson's got a, it's like brown, but in the light you see like turquoises and pinks and it's got like these big fluffy feet. Um, I had Mr. Fluffles. He was the last one to die and he had the fluffiest fucking feet I've ever seen. Like it looked like he was stepping on pigeons. There were so many feathers coming out of his feet. And um, the one day I just found him dead and I was like, fuck man. Um, So then I thought like I'm down to four pigeons. I can get more. So now do I like seek them out or whatever? Since I've had these pigeons, they've been laying eggs and stuff. And I always just took them, threw them away. Cause I wasn't trying to like stack on pigeons or anything. And, uh, I never, you know, let any of that happen. So, um, I was just like, you know what? Let me, let me let them fucking do the thing with the egg. So it was like the day after, uh, fluffles died he already had uh she already had an egg in there tyson so i was like you know what better than to let my own pigeons create some more pigeons because you know who knows how long tyson's gonna live uh, you know further from here i think i had it for like nine years now um so i was like fucking cool that would be great to like continue the crew that i have you know what i mean so i was like i've never done it before let me just see how it goes uh, it takes like almost a month, like 19, 20 days, you know, something like that for them to hatch the egg. So they were just laying on it, taking care of it. Um, Tyson's a little pigeon. She's pretty small. She's a Damascene pigeon, which if you look them up, they're a way different uh, structure than like your normal, like the big giant pigeons. They have like little round eyes and a short little beak um, where like, you know, Homer, big, giant fucking beak, giant body. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I just let them have it. And um, sure enough, they hatched this fucking pigeon, uh, whose name is now Kimbo Slice. Um, this motherfucker, in two weeks, got bigger than the mom. Like, and I'm not even fucking exaggerating. This, this thing is massive. Um, they learned to fly apparently like four weeks in, they, they learn to eat on their own about four weeks in, and then they take off from the nest. They don't try to get out of that nest or leave their spot until they're ready to fly. So I got like a parrot cage in there and I have that set up. So that way, if he wants to start flying, I know he's like ready, ready. Cause if he's, if he has any fucking failed attempts, those chickens will fucking stomp him out on that ground. Uh, they're, they're fucking savages. So I'm not, I'm not allowing that type of business to go on in there. Um, he's fucking cute as hell and he, he's massive. He, he's a big motherfucker, man. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with that. Cause I mean, he just, it, it's so cool to see, like, I've never seen something grow as fast as he has, like from one day to the next, it's like, holy shit, dude. And, uh, you know, I, I posted some like comparison pictures and you saw like from day one to day five was like, double or triple the size of that that guy 
Um, and now like, he's got like tons of feathers. He looks like a full on pigeon. Like he's white. He's got like, um, different Browns and, um, like gray speckles on him, like kind of like mom. So it's cool. Um, so I got that going on. Uh, you know, I've been doing my training in the yard, killing that shit. Uh, I'm now at six weeks straight of doing, um, my three day a week fucking kill camp out there. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, might look at like three days a week and go like, ah, man, that's, you know, I mean, that's not like you're, you're really fucking crushing it, but it is though. Cause I'm hitting full body workouts three times a week. So normally, you know, um, if you were to train arms one day, your biceps one day, chest another day, this and that, every time I train, I'm hitting chest, biceps, back, legs. Yeah. I mean, so not only are we talking about not skipping a fucking leg day, every fucking time I work out, it's, it's a leg day. It's an arm day. It's a back day. It's a, you know what I mean? So I'm hitting a little bit of everything every single time. And, um, you know, I, I'm really, really feeling this. I, I really think it's a great thing. And if you really, if you crush that shit and leave it all the fuck out there, you know, you, you could really, you could really see results. And, um, so we work Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We, we do our training and you know, you need those rest days. If you, if you beat everything up the way you're supposed to Monday, fuck Tuesday, you're happy to just be like chill. And then Wednesday, ready to go. Still a little sore from fucking Monday. That's for fucking sure. And, but you just go back in and hit it. And then same thing Thursday, glad to be chilling fucking go back in Friday still sore but now I know I got two rest days ahead now I'm turning it up on top of doing the you know what I was gonna do I'm turning it up I I added a weighted vest I got a 12 pound weighted vest Um, I wanted a little heavier one like a 20 pound but a lot of the ones I was looking at that high high ratings are all sold out just like anything else fitness wise so um but I like it and what I'm doing is um I'll create a new set with everything included, we'll do it Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, I posted all my, my training regiments online. You can, you can go on Facebook and see all the things that we're doing. Um, so Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, we'll do that brand new set, same thing all week. And you know, that's to really get it down next week. We're not even touching that one. Now we're doing three other ones that we had previously done. You know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three different ones. And then the next week, we're starting a new one, hitting that same one all week long. Now, the following week, we have more to select from, and we're putting three different ones on those weeks. So the muscle confusion is staying consistent. Um, We're just just fucking nailing it. And, um, yeah, I'm really happy with it. I'm just going to keep on this shit. Um, So that's that. Anyone wants any advice, anything like that? I'm, you know, I'm not a personal trainer, never going to be a personal trainer. I'm not a schooling kind of guy. Um, I, I would never claim to be certified or uh, any form of professional, but I can tell you what works for me and what I felt didn't work and, you know, um, things that might benefit you and stuff like that. I'm not the guy to come through for, you know, a full on diet plan or anything like that. But, you know, again, you want some help as far as, you know, you, you, you know, home training or, or this or that or, you know, I, I, I could do my best to at least give advice or whatever you got. Um, so I think that's pretty much it as far as what I've been doing on the home front. Um, so a lot of shit going on, obviously. Um, 
think what I want to start with is this. Uh, you know, let me let me start with uh, Danny Havoc. Danny Havoc passed away, and um, it, it's a difficult one, man. It's Danny Havoc was an incredibly passionate, um, all in deathmatch guy. This this guy, like, without question, as far as his craft went, was one of the best in the absolute business in the business. I mean, one of the absolute best in the business Deathmatch legend in, you know, a fairly short amount of time. I don't have stats and years and ages and all of that shit in front of me. So don't expect that out of me. But, um, you know, when this guy came in, he was a student, which, I mean, I guess everybody's a student when they come in, but, um, his first match that, I think he had and that I remember was the tournament of death, whatever the fuck number that was with that blood dude. Um, and Danny Havoc got his fucking, uh, wife beard set on fire. It was like a barbed wire bat with fucking fire or some shit. And, uh, he got hit with that shit and it lit him up he's rolling around on the mat. He's still on fire. Wax pulls him out by his wife beater. And, uh, you know, that that was like his big, you know, thing there. Um, blood, the, the Baltimore butcher of blood, had fucking, I mean, I have never seen a fucking cut like this before. I almost threw up in this guy's fucking wound because he, uh, he got dumped into a shopping cart like leg first. And there was like a garbage can in the shopping cart with light tubes in the garbage can. And he went into this fucking thing and this shit just opened his fucking leg like a fucking autopsy. And... Uh, he came out of that fucking thing. And I think I saw, I believe I saw the wound before he did because he was a fat dude and he lifted his fucking pant leg up as he stepped down and his leg kind of buckled a little bit on him. And I fucking looked down and then I saw him look down because I was front row right there where he, he came down and he made this fucking noise. Like, like when goofy falls off a fucking building and, uh, it was like, Holy shit. Like, I'd never seen anything fucking thing like that. So anyway, that, that was just a side note, but uh, I think that's why too, like Danny had no chance of even getting like remotely noticed in that, that battle Royal because he had this crazy thing. He was on fucking fire, but this other asshole fucking cut half his fucking leg off. Um, well, it didn't come off, but you know, he might as well. Um, so that was like the beginning of him. After that, um, you just saw Danny Havoc, um, just get decimated by DJ Hyde, who was the fucking big goofy student. The thing was, is I think this was an attempt to make DJ look like a monster as well as look, make Danny look like a fucking maniac, but they only accomplished one of those two things because every time I'd see him out there and doing this thing, and it was like this thing where he'd never beat DJ, but he would keep fucking challenging them no matter what. He had this like never quit attitude and he just kept going at him no matter what. And there was, there was nothing fucking stopping Danny Havoc. Uh, Danny, uh, you know, DJ would dump him on his fucking head with that shadow driver thing. He would fucking rip his head off the fucking clothesline. He'd fucking smash him with chairs. He'd throw him upside down through a fucking table. He, he, he fucking attached him to a stretcher and fucking bounced him off the fucking ring post. Like, I mean, it, this, this dude some, did some shit to Danny um, pretty regularly. It, it was just a consistent, like, how bad is he going to fuck Danny up this month? And Danny comes back up next month, like, yeah, what's what's up? 
Um, nobody took DJ seriously at all, but people quickly took to, you know, how legit Danny was. And people wanted to see Danny in a lot of things from there on. Um, he continued to solidify himself as a guy who was just, what is he going to do next? And, you know, that's so much of what CZW, I'd say especially CZW, but a lot of, um, you know, wrestling, indie wrestling has brought to the table and, and, and what has drawn fans in. You'd wonder what guys like Danny Havoc were going to do next when Necro was in his fucking heyday, uh, you know, pre-punching women. Um, maybe he was punching women. It just wasn't known yet. Um, you, you wondered, what are they going to do next? Like, oh, shit, what are they going to do next? And, you know, the possibility seems endless with a guy like Danny Havoc. Because you'd be like, I can't believe this fucking kid's not dead. And the next month, he'd be doing some crazier shit than you saw last month. And, you know, and that, that was fucking what I saw out of Danny. And, and it was just, it was non-fucking-stop. Um, fast forward to when he had his match with Brain Damage. He 100% put Brain Damage on the map as far as the East Coast fans went. Because when Brain Damage went into that tournament of death, um, it might have been the same year as, as uh, Danny debuted at the, the Battle Royal. I could be wrong. I... A lot of them just kind of blend together, but uh, Brain Damage had um, <clears throat> had debuted against um, Beef Wellington, and I wasn't impressed at all. And I, I, the fans didn't go crazy for him. If anything, the fans gave him shit. Like they weren't into him at all. And when they set up that fucking match, and it was Danny Havoc and fucking Brain Damage, <clears throat> that that was like. That that set the fucking tone for what brain damage was going to be. Brain damage was going to be a fucking monster. And Danny Havoc was the guy who would take on any and all comers. Like, th- this guy was fearless. Absolutely fearless. And you knew that it was going to take death to, to take this guy out. Because brain damage, as badass as he was, Danny Havoc wasn't backing down. There was nothing he could do to get him to back down. He, he knocked the fucking tooth out of his mouth. I, I mean, he just, shit was insane absolutely insane and it was one of those matches that we, you know we always wanted more of and we just didn't fucking get you know they interjected dj at one point that fucking made one a three-way because you know dj you know getting some kind of fucking shit reaction and people not liking them was always more important than the fans entertainment and that's that's why czw is what it is now because he'd, he'd get some kind of personal grat- personal gratification out of changing things in a way that uh, almost just like a power move Just like I could do this because And then the fans would be like Well we fucking hate that And he's like yeah it's too bad and, You know And it wasn't DJ's company yet But he was like heavy on the politics side And everybody you know saw that shit a mile away And was like oh well, what is this guy fucking paying Zandig Next thing you know he buys the company So you do your own fucking math on that But uh But yeah Danny um Danny was the guy I mean, he solidified what it was to be a fucking deathmatch guy. And that hybrid style of deathmatch guy, you know, following in the footsteps of J.C. Bailey, you know, rest in peace to him, rest in peace to brain damage. So many of these guys, and this is, this is like so much of the sadness that goes along with the CZW that I loved 
and became so fond of is so many of them are gone. Uh, I mean, to say that the old CZW is dead has been a consistent thing to be saying over these years. And it's been, it's been more and more of a legitimate statement. Like the, the players aren't even alive on the planet for the most part. Your Trent Acids, your Justice Paynes, your Danny Havocs, your J.C. Baileys, your Chris Cash. Your, I mean, it, it, it's just unfucking believable Speaking of, I mean, you know, part of that match is gone. Yeah, I mean, it's just the list keeps going on and on. And, uh, you know, it's it's terribly sad. I mean, you'd bring a fans, bring the weapons match, you know, tournament of death. You'd, you'd go out and you'd build some shit. And uh, you'd wonder, you know, is this shit going to get used and this and that? Is it too crazy? There, there was a good chance Danny Havoc was going to be out to use your, your fucking weapon because, you know, where other people might go, eh, I don't know about that one. Eh, maybe not this one. Danny'd find a way to fucking use it. Um, he was always very, very smart, which really came through anytime you talk to him. You know, obviously, it, it was the smartest guy doing the dumbest shit, <laughs> you know, because... Again, like the bumps he was taking out there, you'd be like, oh, Jesus, you'd have to be retarded. And then you talk to the guy and, you know, it was like like the brain gremlin and, you know, gremlins do. Or he's just like, frankly, I'd like to talk to you about today's matches. <laughs> it was just like, Jesus Christ, like this guy is this guy is next level intelligent. Like he, he this guy is is not what you would expect to be doing the stuff he's doing when you hear the amount of intelligence you would think he would have thought all of this shit through but apparently he did and this is this is the route he wanted to go um yeah i mean it it was it's a brutal fucking loss brutal fucking loss and um you know i I mean there's not a lot more i could i could say i mean absolutely legend in the time that he he staked his claim in in wrestling um an integral part of what would have been, what was and would have been the future of CZW. When you say goodbye to, to guys like the Wife Beater and the Lobos and, you know, the guys like that, that were the deathmatch guys, that were the staple of hardcore in CZW, when those guys are gone and a guy like Danny Havoc steps into that role, it's seamless. It's seamless. CZW gets to live on because of guys like Danny Havoc. Because the guys like Drake Younger for a long time, who was another guy that stepped into that type of role, that it, there was a huge void. Huge void. And and that was a guy that carried a torch. Um, I'm glad to have seen him in so many matches. Kasai. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, it's, it, it's a crushing loss just because you see what this guy went through too. This guy left the wrestling business. He came back um, to, to go to Japan. I guess I had, you know, a couple more in him and, you know, good on him that he got that, that extra tour. Um, he tragically lost his wife. And I believe April. And um, yeah, that's just devastating. You know, when it comes down to this this whole thing, it's like he dealt with something that you always hoped someone would get through. Something so devastating that you just hope that a guy would make it through and be able to push on. 
but that's that's easier said than done. If someone's your whole world, if someone's your life, if that's if that's what you consider your reason, your meaning, to lose that and then just be accept, expected to reprogram and go on is is easier said than done. It, it just is. So I mean, in the end, you can't really blame them for what happened, you know. Not that I think that's what people are doing, but um, it, it's a shame. You always wish there was another way, there was another route, there was something else that could have happened that could have uh, changed the course of those actions, but it, it's terrible. And I got to be 100% honest with you, because that's just what I do. But I, I can't, um, and I did put in an order for a Danny Havoc shirt because, uh, you know, I, I just, I got to have something to be able to, you know, you know, represent, you know, my memory of, of him being a, a guy, you know, I, I paid to see on a regular basis. He was one of those guys that you knew you were getting your fucking money's worth because a guy like Danny Havoc was on that card. Um, you know, when, when the uh, tournament of survival, the first one went on, he fucking, he, I, I remember hearing, uh, he wasn't even booked to be in the finals. He had a concert to go to that night. He had, he wanted no part of being like past the first round. Bunch of fucking injuries came down. They fucking talked to Danny in the back. Next thing you know, Danny's going through, you know, I mean, that is a stand up guy. He would have been there for fucking anything. Um, he was one of my hardest guests to get because he's not a social media guy. So it took me talking to this guy and talking to that guy in order for him to you know, come through and do the show. And and I'm very grateful. You know, it's, it's difficult for me sometimes because you know, I'm very critical of myself and everybody else, you know, for everybody who just thinks I'm a jerk off the judges of the world, I judge myself just as hard. I've been doing this podcast next month will be 10 years. And I look back at some of my interviews. I, I can't listen to them. I, I generally can't listen to my own shows back anyway, because it just feels fucking weird. But knowing that, you know, I, I've done so many fucking interviews, so, so many interviews. And to me, a lot of it is, I think my questions, um, I think we head down good directions. A lot of it is that very copy and paste goes from the start, you know, when did you start, when did you, you know, so a lot of it is a, a pretty, pretty standard issue formula. So nothing groundbreaking on that. Um, I do feel like I was interested enough in, in, you know, Danny's career and many other people's careers that we touched on matches and we touched on moments and things like that, that I think, um, you know, maybe, maybe went beyond what some of these other interviews that had the same formula might've been the same exact blueprint and formula, but I'd like to think that in a lot of times I've gotten a little bit more, um, but again, I, I, I remember feeling very happy about my, my Danny Havoc interview. Uh, and, but again, always wish that I would have it now or, or sooner. Now I'm so checked out of wrestling that it, I'm not even into wanting to do half of these, these uh, interviews again, except for a few. There's, there's a handful. I, I actually want to start having some conversations again. So I'm a little bit different than what I've done, but um. But like I said, uh, Danny was a guy that I, I'm very glad that I got a chance to talk to on this show years ago, even though uh, podcast, internet, all of that stuff isn't really his thing. And uh, I mean, 
you know, the, the other thing I got to be honest about is, you know, I, I got the shirt, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I like the support and everything else. Danny was a guy I didn't, I didn't hesitate, you know, when it came down to, you know, when his wife passed and it, it came around like, all right, you know, uh, collecting donations to help him out. And, uh, I didn't want a nation of intoxication shirt. You know, I, I've been sober off alcohol for fucking about seven years, almost seven years now. Also coming up in July. I I don't need a nation of intoxication shirt. It's just really not my deal. Um, but yeah, I did want to support. So I, you know, I sent, you know, a little donation or whatever, but, uh, I feel weird. I feel fucking weird when I donate money and it's not about my money specifically, but just the fact that I took part in it and to know that, you know, Danny got $8,000 in April and was dead in May on an overdose. That doesn't feel good. That, that doesn't feel good at all. You know, you almost feel like you contributed to that. You know, and I mean, anything could have happened. You could have did it another way. You know, it, it didn't have to be based off of something that, you know, was paid into money wise. There's a lot of ways to leave this planet. I, I just, I just got a bad fucking feeling when that happened. And it, believe me, it's not about me. You know, there, there are real fucking victims, his family, you know, his, his close friends, all of this stuff. I, I'm just saying the way that it landed was just like, fuck, you know? amongst all the other feelings that came off of that and, you know, all the other, like I said, the, his friends, his family, he, everything, you know, the loss in the wrestling business, I, all these things that come, you know, far, far before that. But it's just like, you know, you don't, you don't want to see like someone, you know, you were trying to help up a little bit and to, for it to land the way that it did, it just, very sad it's terribly sad rest in peace Danny Havoc and uh yeah what more can I say about that um on the topic of interviews um I had mentioned you know I wanted to do you know some more interviews and this and this um for anyone who listens uh if you have I, I posted this on on Facebook but if you have the ability to contact Johnny Cashmere for me or have him contact me or something, please do. Um, he was my first interview on this podcast. For anybody who doesn't know, this podcast started um, 10 years ago next month, which was about a month after Trent Acid's passing. Um, Eric Williams uh, was doing a show, The Golden Cravat, and uh, they did a Trent Acid tribute because they were going to do a Trent Acid interview, and he passed just before the interview. Uh, they did a tribute. I, I called in as a caller and uh, because I had talked to Eric a little bit about other interviews he was doing. He's like, oh, you should call in. Because when he was he was going into doing the um, the Trent interview, um, you know, I had talked to him about a couple of the interviews he was doing on the show and this and that. And he, he showed like a lot of interest in just the things that I had to say, Eric. And, uh, you know, I told him I, I, I talked to Trent on a regular basis all the time. I mean, Trent and Johnny were the reasons I got into indie wrestling, period. I just went to the little shindy shows out here by Tom Zerber. And um, I, I met those guys after seeing just insane ladder matches they were putting on in front of like 50 people. And um, 
they were like, yo, dude, you got to go check out this thing on CZW. And that, that was the beginning of everything. So, um, you know, I had a lot of stories just over the years. I, I would talk to them before the show, intermission, after the show. And, you know, the, the friendship that I had with Trent as far as a fan went, you know, these guys would seek me out too. You know what I mean? This wasn't just like me following this dude around. Like, you know, this was, you know, it became like, you know, he would look for our opinions. Like, hey, you know, how was that? You know, or, hey, wait till you see what we're doing next show. And, you know, like there was, there was just a lot of talking and hanging out and fucking blazing and all that. And um, so, I, you know, I had a lot of stories and definitely fond memories of Trent. And um, so when I launched the show via Eric talking me into it being a good idea too, because again, I had no reason to podcast or thought I didn't know what a fucking podcast was a couple months before that. And, um, my first guest had to, had to be fucking Johnny Cashmere. And, um, talked to Johnny and, uh, I think he had a uh, Matt Walsh on who he was doing a uh, vanilla man candy. It was like a, I don't know, his tag team thing. And he was, he was running for like Mr. Gay Philadelphia or something like that. So it was like, you know, I, Felt like I got the interview I wanted. I, you know, I had to weave around some of that other stuff that he was up to that was more current stuff. You know, I, I just wanted to go kind of deep dive on all the career and all of that stuff. But, he, you know, he had things to promote, which is fine. I mean, that's that's part of what podcast is. It's free promotion for whatever you're doing. And then, you know, in exchange, you, you get to, you know, chop it up about the rest of that career stuff in the meantime. So, so you know, it all works. But, um my very first interview almost 10 years ago. I, I, I don't feel like I was good at this at all. Um, I, I would really like to do it, you know, in, in, uh, you know, to commemorate fucking 10 years, as well as knowing that I can put on a great fucking show with, with Kashmir now. Cause I have so much to talk to him about. I want to go back over some of the things we talked about back then, maybe in a different angle as well as, uh, you know, so many more things that I'd like to talk to him about. And um, he's off Facebook now. Uh, his Instagram, I think, wasn't used since November. So, you know, if anyone, you know, gets uh, in touch with him, uh, there's a couple people I think might have a contact to him. I don't fuck with a lot of those people. So, you know, what can I tell you? Um, so, yeah, there's a couple. I mean, most of the, most of the people I want to talk to now are return guests, and I just want to chop it up with them and shit. Um, but that's it. Um, like I said, I'm up for suggestions and things like that, but you know, I'm so checked out of wrestling now that there's not a lot of like wrestlers that I just want to fucking talk to. Um, it's just, it's not for me. I'm, I'm so fucking out of it and done with it. Um, and you know, the, the stuff that happened this past week is, is a very good indication of why that, that should give you fucking all the answers you need as far as like why why would you because i've been saying this type of shit for years and it's it's laid heavier and heavier on me and just just became intolerable wrestling just became an intolerable fucking disgusting place overall so basically uh you know i guess we'll fucking just transition into the other thing now this shit hit the fan on a lot of motherfuckers. 
I, I got to tell you two fucking things. Number one, I'm not surprised uh, a single fucking bit of it. Not a single fucking part of it surprises me. None of it. You know, I'm not fucking, oh, fuck wrestling. And, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, like I listened to Wrestling Soup cover it and they went over all the different, you know, uh, recaps and everything else. And I mean, they were like fucking depressed. Like they had no idea this type of thing could happen to wrestling. I'm fucking far, far from surprised or brought down by any of it because wrestling fucking upset me a long time ago. You know, I, I, I saw this disgusting underbelly of fucking wrestling and just went like, mm, yeah, these are not good fucking people. There, there's a handful of good people in there, but this is like, as far as I'm concerned, wrestling is one big fucking gross, stupid sorority. And there's a bunch of people doing dirty fucking shit. And then there's a bunch of good people who keep their fucking mouth shut about the dirty shit just so they could stay involved with this shithead wrestling. That, that's, that's what this is, you know? I, and, and, I mean, I can't help but fucking come back to the fact that I think wrestling is for fucking retards. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, let's, let's – uh, David Starr. I, I, I'm not going through everybody's accounts and this and that because I, I don't even fucking know all of them. I've heard them all, I think, maybe. But, look, this isn't my fucking – I don't, you know, I work six days a week. I'm not studying and, and fucking, I I really, I can't tell you that I give a fuck that much. I I really can't. David Starr has been a fucking social justice warrior fucking jerk off for years trying to pick apart every single fucking thing that anyone says and and standing up for supposed injustices and fucking uh, wearing fucking uh, Black Lives Matter on his trunks and this one on this trunk and the fucking gay flag on that trunk. And it's like, dude, like he has made money off of causes that aren't his on a regular fucking basis. This dude took a fucking selfie in front of the fucking uh, Holocaust one of the Holocaust fucking sites with this fucking like ugly crying face. You know what I mean? Like he's just a disgusting fucking person as far as I'm concerned. He's a fucking weirdo and he's, he's been beating these fucking drums uh, uh, about this fucking injustice and this and that and ring of honors racist. And it's like, dude, what the fuck, man? Um, so all this type of shit he's talking and then it comes out. Oh, fuck. He has fucking uh, sexual assault fucking accusations out here now. So he, um, he, I don't know exactly, again, like the verbiage and shit, like, you know, I'm not looking to. But there's something that went back and forth with this chick, and she, she's alleging uh, sexual assault, and they were together, but he had some forceful shit. And uh, he, he labeled something as, like, gray rape, which I don't know if that's the same thing as the gray hulk. I, I don't know that much about comic books either or rape. So, like, I'm really not – I'm not the fucking guy to ask what the fuck that even means. I just know it's, like, rapes in there. It's like, I can't be fucking good. And, uh, yeah, man, he's a jerk off. I mean, 
the people that yell the loudest about fucking nothing, there's usually something there they're trying to fucking overcompensate for. That's just uh, that's just part of the fucking gimmick. You know what I mean? They're they're trying to distract you from something else that's going on with them. And sure enough, that that's what came through with this guy. Um, so fuck him, he's a jerk off. They they cut him off fucking like everything he had uh you know, titles with or whatever, everyone disassociated him with them. He paid for a fucking tweet to promote that he said that he's innocent. Um you know it just but meanwhile he even said like in one of his statements if if this is the end of wrestling for me, I'm okay with that. Like so he he already knows the deal. This isn't you don't say that shit when you're innocent. If you're like if I can never work again because of this, it's fine. I didn't do it, but you know, if I never work again, uh, I guess that's all right. No, that's never all right if you didn't fucking do anything. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be like, yeah, if I'm fucking put out on the street and I'm a fucking homeless guy now, that's cool with me. Like, that's not cool with fucking anybody. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Clearly, you, you, you know, you did what this chick's saying. So there's that. Um, uh, Marcus Crane, uh, he was supposedly fucking trying to lure this chick who was underage, said she was underage, kept going with it. Her brother was, like, fucking getting into it with him. Um, I, You know, I even posted the fucking thing saying, like, oh, they're fucking falling left and right, right? Like, what the fuck? And I tagged him in it because he was the only one on my friends list. Was because I deleted him. Uh, and Because, like, his only response to it is, oh, yeah, I talked to D with that guy. Uh, fuck him. He's a piece of shit. That that was, like, his whole fucking response to that. Like, he's being accused of fucking luring a minor. And his whole thing is, like, oh, nah, fuck that guy. That guy's bullshit. That, that, like, that's all he has to fucking say. This guy's got, like, fucking, like, so then this happened. And then this happened on this date. And he said this to her. And then we were in the car. And he said this. And then he was trying to get her on fucking Bourbon Street on this and that. And, you know, there's way too many fucking details to just be like, ah, fuck him. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't even know what the fuck you're saying to me. You know what I mean? Like, talk to him with D. Uh, what? What? Like, dude, it's going to take a little bit more than that to convince me. When these motherfuckers are laying out their cases and you're just like, ah, yeah, fuck them. Okay, well, fuck them then. I mean, I don't know. That, I just don't want you on my fucking list if that's the case. I unfollowed Marcus a long time ago because, again, the over-fucking-compensating, the, the beating the fucking drum, the... You know, and I agree with him on a lot of fucking topics because I'm not a drum guy, you know? So, but some of this shit where it's like society is now creating fucking racist people who were not racist are now being told no you're racist you didn't even know you're racist but you're half you're a racist adam carolla made a great fucking uh analogy which i'm probably gonna butcher because like i you know uh, i'm not him nor do i have a photographic memory but he said something last week or the week before i, I listened to a podcast says and he said, uh, the, what, what they're doing now with, with racism is like saying you're an arsonist, even though you haven't set any fires yet. Well, we've determined that you probably want to set fires and you, you haven't set any fires, but we think you're probably the type to set fires. So not only are you an arsonist while not having set fires, you don't even know you're an arsonist. And that, that's like the... <laughs> That's like the route that they've taken with racism. It's like, oh, no, you don't you don't even realize that what you're saying makes you racist. 
And it's like, I don't think you fucking understand what racism is. Because racism to me is a fucking hatred of another type of person. Not that like your verbiage somehow makes you racist despite the fact that you don't have any hate in your heart for this other fucking race of person. That's that. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? This is this is the type of shit that the Marcus fucking yells on a regular basis. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and a lot of that shit goes on like, um, you know, where it's like, you know, they could throw gay porn in your face and it's like, you, you don't watch this. You're a homophobe. And it's like, what the fuck? Next thing you know, they're threatening to fuck you in the ass. Like, and it's like, well, I feel like what you're doing is the wrong thing. Me just going, eh, that's not for me. You know, I don't think it's as bad of a deal, but then it becomes like, you either like this or you're a fucking bigot and we'll fucking hold you down and fuck you. And it's like, I fucking think you're the bad guy in this situation. <laughs> Could be fucking me, but you know, cause I mean, they, they were saying the same shit. Uh, Effie uh, was talking that same shit. They were going to have that big gay brunch or whatever the fuck. And, uh, he was saying like, if one, if one uh, homophobe shows up to this show and says anything, we're going to beat the fucking shit out of him in the street. And it's like, dude, like gay is all over the front of your fucking poster. It's like, this is what they're signing up for. Why are you so ready to beat up a homophobe at a show that they're here to support you? I don't even, what the fuck is your problem? It's a, this is what society has turned into. Now I'm going to go further into that too. When we get into one of these next ones, because this is what happens. Like, it, it, it turns into, I'm not down to solve the real fucking problem. I'm not down to go fucking see if I could change, uh, you know, some fucking minds. I'm not going to see if I could protect people who are legitimately getting beat up or, or knocked out of a job or this or that. I want to turn new people into fucking bigots and fight them because I've decided they're a fucking bigot. And it's like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, I, I don't know how to... I don't know how to manufacture problems like that in my life. I don't. I feel like there's enough real actual fucking problems in this world. There's enough real racism. There's enough real bigotry that you don't have to like go fucking start new ones that you've decided that you've, you've now knighted them. You are sir racist. And like, you know, now we're going to fucking try and hang you. And it's like, what the fuck? So that's, that's what turned me off for a long time from fucking Marcus. But again, a lot of times when you hear that fucking loud shit, what's the other side of this? Is This is possibly what we're dealing with. And, you know, all this shit is alleged. But I can tell you that all this alleged shit has a lot of fucking details. A lot of fucking details. A little bit too much for just the story. Um, I, there's no way they're all fucking fake. And I'd say the majority of them have to be fucking legit. You know, another thing. Is tons of this shit came out of fucking uh, the UK, England, wherever the fuck, overseas, Europe. Um, you notice that fucking David Starr loved fucking Europe more than fucking anything? You notice DJ Hyde like going to fucking Europe more than anything? Like, Japan was always like the destination for guys. Suddenly, through guys like DJ, through guys like David Starr, that was like, no, but that's my fucking joint. Why? Wow. Um, now I, I kind of wonder, like, was there some other disgusting shit going on there that lured them there? Because that seemed like more acceptable there for a long time. Because there's like 
fucking 50 names or some shit that came out of that area. So it makes me think, um, you know, if there's any ties there. Um, it's just one after another after another is coming out. David, uh, Dave Crisp, it's another one. Uh, you know, he's pulling his dick out every chance he can get. He's sending dick pics, fucking unsolicited to all sorts of chicks. Uh, uh, Zach Wentz came out saying that, like, uh, this guy victimized me and, you know, uh, kind of brainwashed me into thinking, like, he was my father because he knew I lost my father and a lot of – and, you know, some of this shit is, like, you guys just seem like you want to be involved in this. Because one minute that was your fucking guy and that was, like, your springboard to being noticed was being part of the Scarlet and Graves and all of this stuff. And then the next minute it was, like, hmm – yeah, I didn't like any of that shit. It's like, no, because that kind of opened the door for you to get here and to get there and stuff like that. So some of it you got to kind of have to take with a grain of salt. But I I think Dave Chris is a fucking creep. I mean, it, you know, th- this is a guy like you're not going to be able to sell to me that like, oh, I barely ever sent dip pics to fucking girls or any of that shit. When like if a fan said you suck in the crowd. He would get on the fucking ring apron and start reaching for his belt buckle to pull his dick out. Like, I don't know what that has to do with your fucking wrestling ability. But if someone said, well, fuck you in the crowd, he would immediately start yanking at his fucking belt. Like, that that was his go-to. Like, oh, oh yeah, you don't like my wrestling? Here's my cock. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand. What the, what does one have to do with the other? And I don't think we could solve that problem that way at all. At all. You know? And again, yeah, I, I have no idea. But so I wouldn't be surprised if, if shit would hit him as legit because he just seems like that guy. Um, there's a lot of guys you've heard these kind of backstage fucking this guy and this guy fucking girls and this guy fucking girls. And, you know, um, so I, th- I think there's going to be a lot more names coming out, too, personally. Um, so now on to the Kimberly thing. Um, she put out a post describing a situation when WrestleMania was in New Orleans said that she met up with an old friend there that she knew, you know, a wrestler who was now working for other companies and on a different platform, but she met up with him down there, thought shit was all good, went out drinking with this dude, got super fucking wasted and ended up hooking up with this guy and and fucking this guy, but was so wasted, he decided to start letting his friends get in, and she doesn't even know how many people slept with her that night. That's that's the story that she put out there. Now she put out there that you know I'm not naming names, but this is what happened to me. Da 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 da. So I'll tell you a couple things. Number one, I know who the people are. Uh, I heard the story the week that it happened because it got around the wrestling business fucking really fast. And I, you know, I hear a lot of backstage behind the scenes shit and this and that, but I don't, I don't put it on fucking air. I, I don't, I don't go and fucking report that shit anywhere. Cause that's, that's, that's not the type of motherfucker I am. You know what I mean? If this shit becomes public, I'll talk about it. I don't give a fuck whether you like it or you don't like it. I, I'll talk about it. Um, so I had posted something which had somewhat of a... I guess hinted around what the deal is. 
you know, who, who was involved there. But the thing is, is here is this. I don't respect motherfuckers that are keeping the name secret. I don't. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Oh, that's insensitive to good. Fuck yourself. Victim or no victim, because I'll tell you what. You are facing this as a movement. Speak up. The women need a voice. Um, uh, abuse victims need a voice. Um, we need to stop this from happening. Well, I'll tell you what's not going to stop it from fucking happening. What if that very same wrestler gets another young girl to go out with them one night with no cautionary tales of this is the guy to do that type of shit and him and those same friends go and run fucking train on another girl. What did you do to prevent that? You could say it's not your fucking business to prevent that or it's not your job to prevent that. That's fine. Then let's not call this a movement then that you want attention for yourself. Because you're a victim, it's a terrible thing, it's a fucking crime. But if you want it to stop happening, regardless of the guy's title, regardless of the guy's status, he should be put on fucking blast and ousted. Probably end his fucking career, right? You don't want to do that though, right? Okay. But this is the thing. When when it becomes the wrestling business and I don't want to lose my job in wrestling and I don't want to lose my spot in wrestling and wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. Kimberly did nothing to keep her fucking spot in wrestling. Kimberly fucking, and, and this isn't like victim shaming. This is fucking facts. She was in NXT and got thrown the fuck out of there because she couldn't stop fucking hard partying and being caught getting fucked up out there and doing what the fuck she was doing. So the fact that she couldn't keep control of her own fucking actions and was spiraling out of fucking control and not taking care of herself, she lost her fucking job in wrestling. So you didn't give a fuck about your own actions to protect your job in wrestling, but you're going to protect other shitheads and their fucking names because you're worried about your spot in wrestling? So which is it? Are you worried about your spot in wrestling or you're not? Because when you're a victim of a horrible fucking crime and you have to, the ability to prevent it from happening to somebody else, but you choose to opt out of that for the benefit of what? The benefit of the fucking, the, the criminal? Uh, of, the, of the offender? Or for yourself? Because there's no benefit for yourself. Yeah, I mean... I don't think they're bringing you back into the fucking uh, NXT, WWE, bad fucking image uh, there. I mean, you put out a bad fucking representation of yourself. This was amongst a women's movement in the WWE, in NXT. Ooh, we kept fucking waiting for Kimberly to show up all over the fucking NXT. And it's like, why isn't she being booked? Why isn't she being booked? I see, oh, WrestleMania weekend. She's watching it from home? What the fuck is she home for? She's signed with this fucking company. She's with NXT. She's not in the crowd. She's not fucking anywhere. Like, why is she watching this shit from home? It's fucking weird. And, 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 you know, the release comes and then you start hearing like, oh, yeah, she was up to this, this and that. They didn't like hearing this. Well, again, you know, who the fuck are we protecting when we keep these fucking names quiet? If a motherfucker victimizes a girl and you know there's other girls out there that they're going to encounter... I would think it's your responsibility to fucking try to help those other girls out by putting these fucking names out there. Or are you going to wait until you see someone's status saying, 
at the club with such and such, and then you're going to DM them. Oh, oh, girl, go home. Like, what the fuck is what's the what's the game plan? You know what I mean? So, so when it comes down to the sensitivity that I have, don't fucking come to me for that. Don't fucking come to me for that at all. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for your fucking sensitivity. Um, so I, I want to address something that was said earlier, and and and, and I kind of just did, but um, let me see. Um, okay. So now look, I love Sozio. Jeff's a great dude. Um, I talk to him a lot. Um, he's one of the few people that I talk to from wrestling on a regular basis. Um, him and his family came to my house and they did the podcast and, you know, much respect to that. And, um, so I, I mean no offense to his wife on this, but she jumped on my post. And uh, when I said this about the um, the alleged um, Kimberly thing, she said, I'm all for stirring the pot. It's your thing, Jay. But naming a girl that's claiming abuse in order to speculate her abuser shows a lack of compassion for the subject. This is her. Uh, this is from her, a woman's point of view. So, um, I, I just got to put out first off. I know that this fucking comes off this way because a lot of times I'm the only one that's like actually has the balls to say things, but it's not my thing. My thing happens to be taking care of animals, loving my family. That That's my thing. I spend more time than anything doing that thing. I don't give a motherfuck about the wrestling business. So when you hear me talk like I don't give a fuck about the wrestling business, it's because I don't. It's because I don't. Um, so my further response to this is, and again, like I'm speaking to the topic. I'm speaking to the stance. I'm not speaking specifically to Danielle. I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking to bury Danielle or anything like that. I, this is. Uh, again, much much respect to the whole family. It's, it's this is not that. I I just want to speak to the topic because this is very often the stance that people take, and I I just feel like wrestling has gotten a lot of fucking passes. I think it's a shithole. It's a fucking disgusting group of fucking people with a handful of good people in there that are keeping their fucking mouth shut, and for the most part. You're fucking part of it. You're an accessory at that point. Rob Feinstein continues to fucking vend tables. I know it's like an old topic and, oh, it's so fucking crazy. You're still bringing that up. Okay, cool. But he was on the fucking television running across somebody's fucking lawn when he was trying to meet up with a fucking young boy. That's what he was fucking doing. And and the fucking promoters and the fucking the, the, the owners and... All the other vendors and the wrestlers in the fucking building all allow him to breathe the same fucking air and stand there selling shit to fucking children. Standing there looking at fucking teenage boys across that fucking table. Everybody allows that to fucking happen. That shit is allowed to fly. 100%. Not a fucking problem. 
Moving on. Ah, it's just Rob. Oh, oh, I thought you said 18. It's a running joke, right? It's fucking hilarious, right? Great shit. Excellent. So, again, that's okay. James Ellsworth still works fucking shows. Still works fucking shows. The, the locker room doesn't walk when they show up and see him there. Now, he doesn't work big fucking name shows, but he works fucking shindies. Those fucking, those promoters aren't put on blast for using this fucking guy. Fans don't fucking walk out because that guy's there. That's just all right, right? The Necro Butcher beats a fucking woman into fucking submission, st- curled in a fucking fetal position on a recliner, and fans are still chanting fucking Necro when this dude comes out there. Fucking uh, Maven's posting him as his fucking Facebook picture and pretending like he doesn't know what the fuck went on. Pretending. While he also tries to pitch fucking children's education on the same fucking profile. But all of that's okay, right? Heavy fucking drug use all the fucking time in wrestling. Fucking animal abuse. Fucking woman abuse. All sorts of fucking crazy sexual fucking this and that. How long has it been fucking going with the rats and the fucking, you know, everybody's fucking this chick and that chick. All of this shit is allowed to fucking happen on a regular fucking basis. And then when some shit like this happens, it's like, oh, no, we need to clean up. There, There's nothing fucking clean about it to begin with. Nothing. So it's a disgusting fucking business. And when you fucking demand to be part of this disgusting business and do what you fucking can to get a fucking spot, and you fucking hang around these same scumbags, nobody should be shocked and appalled by the fucking things that happen. Are they still crimes? Yes. Do you deserve it? No. But you should probably keep yourself in a better fucking company. I would, under no circumstances, allow my daughters, my three daughters, to be any part of the fucking wrestling business. So everybody, every fucking girl out there, as far as I'm concerned, you get into that fucking wrestling business, you got bad fucking parenting. Because there's nothing fucking savory about that fucking business. There's nothing fucking safe and great about it. As far as I'm concerned, and I've said this many fucking times, women's wrestling shows overall, there's nothing that would keep those fucking things operating if it wasn't for creeps and fucking perverts. That's it. Simple as that. There would be no women's wrestling entire fucking cards. There wouldn't be that amount of women's wrestlers if it wasn't for creeps and fucking perverts. Because the majority of them can't wrestle for shit. Being terrible athletes, the fucking running looks awkward. The fucking uh, fuck the punches. All the, the running doesn't look put together. You know? And this is just a fucking fact. You guys could fucking squint your fucking eyes and fucking, you know, put wax paper over your TV, do whatever you got to do to make it kind of look sort of good and then go like, hey, yeah, yeah, it was a really good match. Like, dude, stop fucking playing with me. There is some really good women's wrestlers out there. There are some really, really good women's wrestlers out there. But the majority of them are fucking terrible. That's that's just a fucking fact. No one wants to hear that because everyone hears equality and this and that. If the guys were wrestling like the majority of these fucking female wrestlers are, I'd call them fucking terrible. So that to me is equality. That doesn't mean there needs to be fucking 20 amazing fucking women's wrestlers. If there were, I'd fucking tell you. But there aren't. There just aren't. So, you know, call it what you want to call it. 
but that, you know, and when it comes down to, you know, Chrissy Rivera, you know, continuing to take this fucking stance, like she's leading a movement. She's not leading fucking anything. Cut it out. You were in the fucking company with this guy doing shit to other fucking girls and and treating other girls badly. and, And according to her, well, you know, he didn't do it to me and it wasn't my place to talk, but you would stay employed by this fucking guy. So you knew DJ was doing shit and it wasn't your place to talk, but you stayed employed showing up for what fucking $20 a month or some shit. Cause there's no way Chrissy Rivera was making any money worth keeping her fucking mouth shut over. The exposure of DJ Hyde's fucking fantastic production was worth burying your fucking morals to stay involved with his fucking company. Give me a fucking break. And now since you're separated from it, you're the leader of a fucking movement because there was some really big shit that went down in Chrissy's fucking situation. And she kept it pretty fucking quiet. She would tell it to this person. Hey, you know, Sammy, but it wasn't like fucking shout from the rooftop. She, she's saying now that she's screaming from the fucking rooftops, but I don't remember any screaming going on during all of those things. I just don't. It, it certainly wasn't going on while employed with fucking CCW, with WSU. And again, it's a fucking hobby. It's not a career. It's not like, I couldn't risk my career. There's no fucking career for you in wrestling. It's a fun hobby. You're exploring a fucking fantasy. You're hanging out and you're playing fucking make-believe. And if your morals are worth less than make-believe, that's not my fucking problem. Don't later on tell me how you're leading a fucking movement and you're screaming from a rooftop and thank God we're being heard. You could have been heard a long fucking time ago if you opened your fucking mouth. But you chose not to because fucking don't want to risk my spot. the fuck out of here. You know, and, and like I've said a lot of times, I think Grissy's a good person. And all that, but like this fucking crazy over the top fucking, oh, I'm going to speak out. Well, dude, you're not fucking, what are you speaking on? You're retweeting shit that other people are fucking saying. And when you knew about shit back then, you kept it fucking quiet because it wasn't your fucking thing. Were you warning other people not to fucking work there? I I don't know. I don't know about that. Because it seemed like a whole fucking locker room full of women in WSU. And maybe Blake was taking care of you and this and that. But it was still under the heading of DJ Hyde who was trying creepy shit every chance he got. But it, it's just it's just fucking weird how this like this whole fucking turn is taken where it's just like, oh, you can't say this. And I'll fight a motherfucker if they have this opinion. Well, you weren't fighting the motherfucker who was doing shit to these women. You're not on DJ Hyde's lawn fighting these motherfuckers. Other people want to tell you how you how you can have an opinion on this and how you should base your opinion. Otherwise, this doesn't work for me. But you're not going at the people who actually do the things. You're not willing to go at the fucking people who are hurting people. See, the thing is, is like, I'll have an opinion on things, but I'm not. I'm not being a racist. I'm not doing racist acts. I can have an opinion on on these sexual allegations and things like that, but I'm not committing sexual fucking crimes on women. But some people are taking this stance like they need to battle the motherfuckers who say the wrong thing online. I think you're aiming in the wrong direction. I, that's That's what I think. I think you need to stop worrying about what the fuck I'm saying. I start worrying about what other people are doing. And again, keep those fucking names quiet or make it known 
fuck if they lose their shit because if they're garbage, they're garbage. And at the end of it, if other girls don't get fucking abused, I think that's the goal. No, because I want I would like this to stop. That's what I would like. Not for someone to be oh insensitive and oh you're part of the problem. Am I though? So if you protect the fucking, if you're like, yeah, man, I saw a guy come in here and shoot 12 kids. I ain't telling you his name, though. It's just not my place. I think he was heading towards another elementary school, but I can't tell you shit about him. Not my fucking place. And then someone in the back of the, the, the fucking room is like, hey, man, this is this is some bullshit. And, uh, you know, those kids didn't deserve to die. I, I, I don't I don't think they deserve to die on a Wednesday or a Friday, man. Like, what does the day of the week have to do? You're a part of the problem. And it's like, you did say he's on the way to another school and you're just not going to say his name because you, you don't think it's your place, right? So, so, you, so you're avoiding solving the problem, but you got a problem with the people who are speaking on it in a manner that you don't agree. Go fuck yourself. You know? I, I, I'm fucking done with this society deciding that this is racist and this is sexist and this is this and this is that, but you keep fucking swimming in the cesspool. Keep swimming in that fucking cesspool. How many fucking girls are going to fucking Austin, 316, all this, when he was beating a fucking woman too? But I guess he was too big of a star for it to matter, right? Steve Austin, too big of a star for for you to care? Is is that the deal there? Okay. Because... I, you know, again, I, I feel like people are being very selective with their morals. And uh, it just doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. So um, I'm just disgusted by all of it. Um, yeah, obviously, there's a lot of other names that came up. Uh, Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette's a weird one. Because I will agree with people on on one point of saying that, like, it's really weird that this didn't come out earlier because... He's so fucking hated by so many people. I feel like someone would have fucking jumped at the opportunity a lot sooner. However, man, there's a lot of detail. A a lot of fucking details. And another one of these things is just like, dude, these people seem to be putting a lot of fucking effort into lies if that's the case. And I don't really see what there is to gain, you know, out of saying like these things. And I, I don't know. Um, but again, I mean, it's all alleged. I, I chosen to dis my, distance myself from the fucking wrestling business anyway. And the, the, there's, you know, there, there's small things that, that contributed to that. Um, so much of the fan base being apologetic over this kind of dirtbag shit, because if, the, if it is their favorite guy, they'll tell you 10 reasons why it probably didn't happen, or maybe it didn't happen or they don't believe it, you know, um, and then there's just like there's such a disloyalty. Wrestling there there's so much talk about fucking loyalty and and all oh, the brotherhood and this and that. But when you see shit like and I'll tell you like I I think anybody listening long enough and you know following my fandom in wrestling knows that the um the Date with Destiny show was a big fucking one of the nails in the coffin for me with uh wrestling. Now the GCW show was supposed to be Zandig and um and uh Matt Tremont. Now, don't by any means take this as me putting it on the same level as all the things I talked about just now because I'm I'm done talking about that. Like I just, you know, it is what it is. But this is just like 
the same type of tone, the same type of language that I think a lot of these atrocities have been defended through is the same kind of bullshit and just insulting of the intelligence of the fans. And, and I hit a certain level of maturity and intolerance that I was just like, oh, I don't want to be around you motherfuckers at all, at all. Because people just like are, are chosen, choosing to roll with the punches and deal with the lies. And it's, ah, you know, what are you going to do? And, and I don't like it. So what happened was um, I'm a huge Chris Dickinson fan. Uh, one of the one of my favorite wrestlers right now, hands down. Uh, one of the very few people who do something that I want to actually watch. I watch so fucking little wrestling. Um, but that that's that's a guy who. You know, in the right circumstances, you know, if I see a match, a, a matchup that appeals to me, I, I'll see if I can find it or, you know, a stream or something to see, you know, Dickinson versus Moff or something like that. But, uh, or Dickinson, Deppin, or, you know, one of these guys I know they're just going to have an ass kicking match. Um, but so I was looking forward to it. The, the match was going to be, uh, Chris Dickinson versus Teddy Hart. This is before Teddy really turned up the fucking animal abuse. And uh, he, had, he had started, though. He, had, he had definitely started, though. Um, so, and this was like a highly anticipated match. It was a never-before-done thing. I don't think it was done before. And um, so, I had heard that Dickinson wasn't going to be on the show that he was, he was going to be pulled off the show. I had also heard that Zandig was probably like, they hadn't heard of heard from him in fucking weeks and like, mm, not so sure. And I think was that the show that I think he cut a promo, like it sounded like in a fucking bedroom, like when the kids went to sleep, cause it was like half dim and shit. But so I had like a bad feeling about that and was just like, all right, well at least we get this. So we show up. Well, no, no, rewind. We, uh, I, I had heard that he wasn't going to be on the show. I hit him up and said, hey, man, I heard you're not going to be on the show. You know, is there any truth to that? And Dickinson's always been straight up with me. Um, another reason why I respect the dude, um, you know, whether we agree on everything or not, I don't think I agree with everybody on, or anybody on everything. But, um, you know, and I just hit him up and was like, is there any truth to that? You know, I was really looking forward to seeing you and Teddy. Da, da, da. And he goes, yeah, man, I'm not going to be there. He's like, you know, I- I'm getting paid a certain amount everywhere else. And this guy expects me to take less money than everyone else is paying. Like I'm doing him a favor. Like, like, like I need to just keep, you know, working for him for a lower rate than everybody else is paying me. Like, I have a going rate, and this guy just continuously wants to pay me less than that, and I'm just not tolerating it anymore. I'm not doing it. So, I was like, dude, I understand. That sucks, man. I was looking forward to seeing it, whatever. He's like, yeah, man, you know, it's just, I, I, I gotta I gotta stand up for myself because it's just, you know, people take advantage of it if they think they know you well enough and they could pay you less. Like, it's just, you know, I, I just can't have it. And, uh, at the time, too, Dickinson was really um, – he was working like a, a regular job, and he was really being selective about the bookings he was taking. So unless it really, like, wowed him or, or he felt, like, purpose to do it, he didn't want to go out of his way for a booking, and it surely wasn't going to start happening for the lower prices, according to what he was saying. So I said, all right. I hit up fucking DeMano. This was, again, the night before the show. I said, you know, hey, hey, you know, uh, 
rumor has it uh, Dickinson's not going to be there tomorrow. You know, the you know, the you know, I'm hearing maybe uh, Leo Rush or this one or that one is a substitution. And uh, I was like, is any of that true? And he's like, oh, don't don't believe everything you read on the internet. I was like, so. So you're saying like that that's not true that like Dickinson's Dickinson's gonna be there and he's like don't believe everything you read on the internet see you tomorrow. So now like I already heard from the guy himself he's not gonna fucking be there. Now the promoter just tells me like yeah don't don't fucking believe the hype. Uh, like he doesn't know I just talked to Dickinson but like I already know the fucking answer now I got a chip on my shoulder because this guy just fucking lied to me, you know and I'm a paying fan I, you know. You don't owe me to fucking tell me everything, but in the same token, like, I already fucking know, and you're bullshitting me, and I don't like being bullshitted. I'm a grown-ass man, dude. I'm not a 15-year-old going, hey, dude, you think the fucking The Undertaker's gonna be there tonight? He's like, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm past this fandom shit, you know what I mean? So, um, I show up, fucking Danny DeMano comes out first thing in the fucking show, and just starts cutting this fucking promo on Dickinson, like, he's suddenly gonna be the face because Dickinson's not there and he's he's trying to shoot. So he's like, you know, Dickinson wouldn't be here because he wanted 20 more dollars. 20 fucking dollars. And, and I'm just looking at this motherfucker like, is he seriously telling people that he wasn't willing to pay this guy 20 more dollars to give them what they wanted? 20 more, like one more fucking fan. You don't think he brings in one more fucking fan? One more G8 fucking ticket? You you don't think that he's worth one more fucking ticket? So he, he, he fucking tells the fans, like, oh, he held me up for 20 fucking dollars. And I'm just, like, looking at this asshole. Like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to that I'm supposed to go with you and go, he's a dick? Like, no, you're a dick, dude. You're running the fucking show. You know the fans want to see him, and you're telling them 20. I got fucking 20 in my wallet right now. Could you get him out here? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then he goes into fucking, go. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have problems taking money for doing apartment wrestling and this. And, like, he's going to, Danny DeMano is going to get on the fucking mic and bury Dickinson. Like, now he's the face. Are you out of your fucking mind? And that, like, that put a big fucking, the just, just fucking bitter fucking taste in my mouth that I was like, you scumbag motherfucker. Because, again, you're talking to another grown man like he's a fucking kid. Like, I don't have to deal with you, and then I'm going to tell you some shit about the other guy, and then you should start liking me. Like, you don't even understand how life works at this point. Like, what in your fucking brain makes you think that, that people are going to fucking be behind what you're saying? You know, and, and and that's like how this shit went down. So now down the road, turns out Dickinson's loyal to fucking GCW, and he pulled out a fucking uh, ICW, which Danny DeMano is booking. Well, you know, you could build Dickinson as as an asshole. You could you could talk all that shit you want again. Or you could look back at the relationship and how things have gone over the years. And when you know that Dickinson is so fucking into what's going on with Bloodsport, uh, he was able to go back to j- fucking Japan through GCW. He was able to fucking, you know, wrestle this guy and that guy. And and, and your, your offering is, you know, hey, man, ICW is doing some amazing shit. I honestly like a lot of the product that ICW is doing over anything in fucking wrestling to be honest with you i i fucking i liked andy damano's booking for the most part 
But when you create relationships like this and you burn bridges like that, I, I, I think that's what the fuck you deserve. So it's it's a shame that you're not going to get Dickinson on that. But like this is again, this is where I go back and I go, yeah, like this is just a disgusting group of people that operate in a way that's very dishonest, whether it be on a very high level as far as what you're telling your fucking trainees and oh, yeah, just give me your money. Oh, you're going to be great. Da, 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 da. And they fucking blow and you fucking take their money for X amount of time to keep the fucking lights on. No, one they ain't, they ain't ever going to be shit. Or you fucking tell this girl this and that, and you're, or you're a DJ Hyde, and you fucking, oh, yeah, they just had three rooms, so I guess we're going to have to stay in the same room tonight, just hoping some shit's going to pop off. Like, this is the disgusting shit that happens across the board, and it's a little heavier on this end or a little heavier on this end, but if you look across the entire landscape, it's mostly fucking gross. The fucking benefit shows, the fucking charity shows, you know, oh, yeah, we're raising money for fucking this and this and this. But they're taking fucking 70% of the fucking money. So they get a bunch of people to bring their families and, and all the fucking people from the high school. And they show up and this and that. And they're donating 30%. But they're taking the other 70% and running away. Like, you know, shit like this. It's just, it's just a disgusting fucking business. There, there's so much bad that goes on on so many fucking levels. The fucking uh, the, the drugs, the fucking all of that shit. They, they, it, it all, so much of it goes hand in hand with just the fucking... Just disgusting fucking behavior. I there's there's not a lot more I could say about it, but that's that's just the fucking way I feel about it, you know. And and I've been given every fucking reason in the world to feel that way about it. You know, look at the Rick Cataldo thing. This guy was a fucking an absolute fucking predator out there grabbing guys' cocks and fucking you know trying to fucking touch them and do this and this and that. That went away real quick because he was a fucking he he was a fucking women's wrestling darling. So many women's wrestlers backed him up. Did fucking, uh, what's her name? Fucking, um, Melina, did she get fucking canceled for backing him up? When she's like, oh, yeah, well, if I grabbed a fan, or if I grabbed another wrestler's dick, they wouldn't do anything if it was me. Yeah, that's not the way it fucking works. That's not the way sexual assault works. It's like, you know, oh, well, your boyfriend did it to you. I, I guess I could do it, too. Like, that's not the way that shit works. But, you know, again... Some things get leaned heavily on. Some people get fucking drugged through the fucking the, the fucking rocks. And then other people, it's like, oh, yeah, that happened. Let's just not talk about it anymore. And then that's the end of that. And how long before that fucking creep winds up on a show again? You know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't saying any of these other people deserve any fucking second chances or shots or anything. I burn all these motherfuckers. Send all these motherfuckers out of the business. But stop protecting names, too, because you're choosing to spare a couple people that you chose. Nah, you know. If you care enough because it's that fucking offensive, if it's, if it's that much of a, something that happened to you that you want to go like, I had a fucking thing happen to me, by all means, make sure that person doesn't do it to anybody else again. You know, but definitely don't worry about what the fucking people say on the Internet, because that's that's really not that's not relevant at all, at all. You know, unless unless the fucking people on the Internet start doing the shit that the other guys are doing that you ain't doing shit about, you know, then worry about them. Until then, let's let's just worry about what actually fucking happens. Let's stop taking fucking losses for the sake of being involved in wrestling. Because it's not that fucking serious. It, it, it's not a fucking job for the majority of you. It's a fucking hobby. And 
I think wrestling is for fucking retards. Rightfully so. Um, what else do I got? Do you know I got anything else? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, just I just kind of wanted to fucking just vent on this type of shit because it's just to me doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, you know, there, there's so much shit that goes on, and the same thing is going on with the, the racial stuff. Um, they're now trying to drag Howard Stern through the fucking mud. They're digging up old shows that he was in blackface, and he was doing this, and he was doing that. Dude, you got to be fucking kidding me. You got to be fucking kidding me. His sidekick, Robin, has been, you know, the most famous black woman in all of fucking radio, in the history of fucking radio, sidekick of Howard Stern. You want to talk about equality? Howard Stern has been one person who's been about equality because he made fun of everything equally. Now, people don't look at that when they say equality. When they say equality, they mean kiss the ass of this group, kiss the ass of this group, and then, you know, then we'll, we'll call it equality. But that's not equality at all. That's treating a different group different than a different group, which is actually the opposite of equality. If you have to treat any group of people differently than did this group, then that's, that's not equal, you know, not at all. Racial humor has been around forever. There's always been a blatant difference between racial humor and actual racist acts, but we've all blurred the lines and it's all become the same thing now. You know, um, Don Imus used to fucking berate Robin and, and fucking call her all sorts of racial slurs seriously and off the air and she had to fucking stomach that and deal with that just to remain on the stations that they were on meanwhile howard with whatever jokes he made helped her fucking climb into being a multimillionaire. you gotta know that like there's a difference there's a big fucking difference between a racist and and racial humor there there just is you know um daniel carver was one of the heads of the heads of the Ku Klux Klan and uh howard made him part of the whack pack which was comprised of midgets and uh retarded people um crackheads who had strokes who no longer spoke like normal humans. And he put the leader of the Ku Klux Klan in with them, drunken midgets and, and retarded people. And he put it him in with him as if his racism was a disability. Like, like it was a fucking clown show. And he was another one of these fucking disabled, not normal fucking people. And again, okay, oh, 2020 PC, you can't, yo, you're making fun of midgets and retarded people? Yeah, yeah, they were part of the fun. They were part of the show. They made a lot of fucking money, too. You know? But everything's sensitive now, and again, we're not stopping the real fucking bullies. We're not stopping the real racism. You know, cops are out there fucking killing people unjustly. You could fucking battle people on the internet. That doesn't stop a single fucking killing. Because they're not the people that are doing the killing. They're just not. It's not the same fucking people. 
They're they're fucking trying to rip movies off the fucking. I, I saw they ripped Gone with the Wind off of one of the fucking things. Oh, because it's terrible time and this. Yeah, but what do you? T- it's we're not saying like live life like Gone like the Wind. It's it's a movie that happened and you know slavery is depicted in a lot of things. Rapes depicted in a lot of things. We're just gonna rip everything offensive out. And just pretend like it doesn't exist, and that'll be our way. If we if we don't see it, then it must not exist. Is that is that our solution? That sounds a lot like Trump's fucking uh, coronavirus solution, where he's like, if we just stop testing, we'll see a lot less. It's like so if you know we just take that uh that old uh, comedy off of there, you know, with that that uh. Like I said, fag, you know, we'll just take that off the air completely, and now there'll be no more homophobia. I don't think that's the way it works at all. You know? It's just, there's such a weird fucking approach to everything now. They're trying to take away fucking comedy. They're trying to take away fucking movies with this type of content, with that type of content. It won't be long before every fucking Mel Brooks movie is never able to be seen again. And fucking scrubs from history. And it's fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. You know? Um, I just... I'm not into it. You know? Joey Diaz is one of my favorite fucking comedians out there. And he still speaks like a real fucking man. I don't believe he has a racist bone in his fucking body. And he says a lot of shit that 2020 is not okay with. And I'm okay with it. Because I know what he's up to. I, I know he's not fucking... He's not out there doing fucking racially insensitive things. And, and insensitive is a fucking stupid stupid word, too. He's not doing any racially hateful things. He's not doing anything to attack uh, homosexuals physically or, or fuck their jobs up or anything like that. But does he speak loosely and say whatever the fuck he wants and be hilarious while doing it? Yeah, he does. But a lot of society now wants him gone. They want him gone. They want Dice gone. They want fucking the old Carlin gone. They want fucking Eddie Murphy gone, Richard Pryor gone, Sam Kennison. Uh, uh, The list goes on and on and on. Every fucking comedian that I ever found funny... They can definitely find... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.